Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There's no offseason. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. Hey, I'm recording this on the 17th day of August. We are in the middle of August. It is two weeks before you have to make uh, you have to set your rosters for which players are eligible to be in the postseason for you. Uh, everyone has to be on the 40-man roster by the 31st of August. And we are also taking a good, hard look at the postseason schedule. And I'll just say this. This is a classic uh, I told you so moment. But I told you so, Washington Nationals, you should have traded uh, Bryce Harper at the trade deadline. I was right. They should have done that. They were going nowhere. They had a tiny blip of a winning streak. Now they're at even 500. A team that I thought was going to go to the World Series, everyone thought was going to win the division easily, is 500. In a National League where everybody is contending, they're not. In a National League where the Braves, the Phillies, the Cubs, the Brewers, St. Louis, Arizona, Colorado, Los Angeles are all all can wake up today and say, we could go to the World Series this year. The Washington Nationals, in that mediocre of a National League field, is on the outside looking in. They knew that was a situation two weeks ago. And Bryce Harper's going to walk. I think he's going to sign with the Philadelphia Phillies. And they could have got something for him. They could. Ask yourself this. Would they have gotten someone's best prospect? Probably not. But for all the teams I just listed, and some of the like, the Yankees, and and I mean, oh, no, we can't have them go to the Yankees. You have them go to the Yankees, seriously. And uh, believe me, the Yankees need them right now. Their 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 outfield stinks. You know, a team like the Indians, someone someone could rent them. Arizona could have rented them, and would cost one of their top prospects and probably one or two other solid prospects in return. Is that a better haul than getting two draft picks? Yes. Yes. You would get more. Oh, but what would Washington fans say? They're going to say it anyway. You're going to have those building blocks, and they should have done that. They have a ton of young talent on there, and they could have supplemented it. Instead, they're going to let Bryce Harper walk, and next year everyone's going to be bitter. I said that. I said that. Well, I'll tell you one thing I didn't think, and I didn't, and I'm, and I'm having a hard time understanding, and I'm loving it, is what's happening in Oakland. By the way, uh, was I'm sure everyone remembers my displeasure at the trade, the Osuna trade with Houston. Well, the Astros have been falling off a cliff since then. Now, I'm not blaming it on Osuna, but I do know that that caused some rifts in what was a very harmonious clubhouse. I don't know what any of that means, but all I know is the A's are only two games back. Yeah, they lost a, a tough game to Seattle in extra innings the other day, but they played a Seattle team that was also on a roll and took two out of three from them. And today, the Astros are in town. And the Houston Astros, the team that I thought was going to the World Series and could very well make it to the World Series, are two games back, are two games ahead of Oakland. If the A's 
win a series at home. That's not an outlandish thing to say on any front. Win two out of three at home against Houston. They will be in late August one game out of the division lead and playing on all cylinders. And that makes the wild card a very interesting prospect to have the Houston Astros potentially be one of the participants. Now think about that for a second. If you're the New York Yankees, the New York Yankees who brought in Giancarlo Stanton, the New York Yankees who got to within one win of the World Series last year with thoughts of a world championship dancing in their heads. And let's be clear, the Yankees are, by all normal metrics, having a very good season. They are. I mean, if I came up to a Yankee fan and said, the Yankees will be in mid-August playing at a pace to win 100 games. They can be a 100-win team, the Yankees. Every Yankee fan on the planet would sign up for that. And so, of course, yeah, we'll win 100 games. Absolutely. We'll take it. And then by mid, you know, by mid-August, you look at the Red Sox. The Red Sox aren't going to be a 100-win team. Yeah, this is, we're gonna we're gonna roll, and you know, you know, to talk to Aaron Boone to be able to say, hey, you know, what is your, you know, how are you gonna do as a first year manager? Well, we're gonna win a hundred games. Yeah, he did a damn good job. What no one predicted is what's happening with the Red Sox, but also what's happening with Oakland right now. Oakland is throwing a gigantic monkey wrench into everything right now. And it's not something that should be taken lightly. And in some ways, it's very difficult to figure out. You know, Manea is the only pitcher in their rotation who's going to qualify for an ERA title in an A's uniform. They have the Fires of the world, the Jacksons of the world, the Andersons of the world. Their rotation is a hodgepodge. They've made their bullpen so deep. And Billy Bean, to his great credit, has been going out and swiping players, including Familia, including Rodney, to make sure that their bullpen is so deep that their, you know, somewhat iffy starting rotation, you know, their, their starting rotation is good. It's, it's good enough to hand the ball to the bullpen, and their no-name lineup is hitting the snot out of the ball. And they're winning all the time. And there's no pressure on them. And we've seen this before. We saw the same tune played in 2012 when the Texas Rangers looked like they were en route to stampede to their third straight American League pennant. This time they're going to win the goddamn World Series. Sorry, Ray. And then they fell apart down the stretch in a shocking way, and they wound up losing the wild card game to Baltimore. Well, the Houston Astros are in a position right now where for most of the season, even with the Red Sox on the great role they were in, for most of the season, I thought, you know what? The Red Sox win 100, 110 games. It's still going to be Houston's to lose. And yet now, I look at them, and Houston's a flawed team right now. They're banged out, they're injured, and they're, there's a little bit of disharmony. And the A's are like, well, we can beat anybody. That's what makes this series so intriguing. I mean, if you are a baseball fan, I mean, obviously most people, I'm an outlier. 
most people just mainly follow their team. If you live in Boston, if you're if you're a Red Sox fan, you follow the Red Sox. If you're a Giants fan, you follow the Giants. If you're a Dodger, whatever. You you understand the concept. I don't need to go through all 30 teams. No, Sully, keep going. I don't quite understand the idea. If you're an Indians fan, you follow the Indians. Okay, keep going. You're a Twins fan, you follow the Twins. I haven't detected a pattern yet. Give me a little more data. Make the sample size a little larger so I could follow you. If you are a Mariners fan, you follow the Mariners. Got it. No, I got it now. Thanks for clarifying that. I wanted to make sure there was a control subject and there was enough data for me to make the proper evaluation of what the hell you were talking about. But if you're a baseball fan, if you just like baseball and like the drama of what happens here in the last third of the season, where the value of the games are magnified because there are fewer left and the head-to-head matchups are magnified because that could be the difference between winning the division or not, or making the postseason or not. And this is a huge series because of Look, I think the concept of momentum is a little bit overrated to a degree because it's usually based upon who's pitching next. But that being said, I've seen enough teams collapse when they get tightened up. We saw it in 2011 with both the Red Sox and the Braves couldn't win a game down the stretch and they looked tight. And you have a t- and both of those teams had expectations through the roof. And the expectations for New York and for Houston are staggering right now. And there is a very real scenario that has the Astros playing the Yankees in a wild card game. The two teams that most people were picking to win the pennant, one of them could very well not make it out of the wild card game right now. The the path to that's very real. If Oakland wins this series, takes 2 out of 3 at home then only one game separates the two with 40-some-odd games left to play. So, yeah, could you say, gee, can Oakland play two games better than Houston the rest of the way? Yeah, yeah, they could. And if it's Houston versus New York, now look it, you can't pick, try to pick the wild card game is an act of futility. It's picking one game. But let me tell you something. This is, this is not me saying this as a gloating Red Sox fan. This is me as a baseball fan who understands baseball. Do you understand what I mean? As a baseball fan understanding baseball, good. I don't want to belabor it. But let's just, let's bring this up for a second. The Yankees are a team on pace to win 100 games. The Yankees are a team that they're going to make the postseason. Seattle's not going to catch them. Okay. So by all regular season metrics, they are a success. But the Yankees, as we know, are not judged by regular season metrics. They're judged by how they do in October. As it stands right now, the Yankees, with all their stars and all their payroll and everything, are exceptional at one part. They have an exceptional bullpen. There's no getting around the fact that they have an exceptional bullpen. They have, I mean... You know, Chapman, you know what I think personally about Chapman, but he is a very talented pitcher. Chapman, Batances, Robertson, and Britton are their, you know, four men in their rotation. Their lineup 
Their superstar-studded lineup is ordinary. There is no Sanchez, and Sanchez was having a great year anyway, but he's hurt. There's no Judge. Judge is clearly the MVP of this team. And he's hurt now. He's probably going to come back, but you don't know if he's going to be at full strength. Stanton is playing quite well now. Thank you very much. But the rest of their lineup, I mean, look at the lineup that they put on the field uh, against Tampa the other day. The lineup they put on the field against the Rays, of which they lost two games where they scored a combined two runs. Um, Look at Hicks has done well. Andujar has been wonderful. Andujar, I think, is the rookie of the year. Um, and Gregorius is still a fine player. Torres is in a slump. And the rest of the lineup, Walker, Bird, uh, Higashioka, Robinson, those are all outs. Every one of them is an out. Greg Bird stinks this year. They brought in Brett Gardner. Gardner's a good player. But he's a complimentary player. And they brought in Austin Romine, who's actually quite a, who I think should be starting every day. And he does all right. But listen to what I'm saying. You remove Judge from this lineup and have a slumping Torres. And this is an easily beatable lineup. There is This is not a special lineup. Oakland's lineup is superior in almost every way. And even if you put Judge back in there, Oakland's lineup is more dangerous. Now, the Astros don't have Altuve yet, but they'll if they get him back, I mean, obviously the Astros are going to have a better lineup. And the Yankees' starting rotation right now, um, I'm sorry, is not is ordinary. They have an ordinary rotation. They have an ordinary lineup. Now, I'll give Tanaka credit yesterday. He rebounded after a bad first inning and pitched well the rest of the game. But guess what? The Yankees can't afford that bad first inning. It puts the team on their heels, and their lineup's no good. The same thing happened with Severino a few starts ago. He let up a few runs at the beginning, and then he settled down, but it's too late. The Yankees can't score. So Severino recently has stunk. He's been bad. Tanaka has been up and down and not the ace that you expect him to be. Sabathia is on the disabled list. And when you're, you know, however the hell old he is and however how fat he is, and he's on the disabled list and going to be on the disabled list in late August, you can't really bank on that. And if the Yankees go against Oakland, the A's will basically cancel out the Yankees' greatest strength, which is their bullpen. I think the A's starting rotation is more anonymous, but has been more consistent than the Yankees recently, and I take the A's lineup. Again, it's one game. Anything can happen, obviously. But you've got to give the A's the edge, wouldn't you? And if it's Houston versus New York, absolutely you give Houston the edge in that one game. Now, I'm saying this knowing I'm a Red Sox fan. Obviously, I'm not rooting for the Yankees. With all the gloating, especially after the trade for Giancarlo Stanton, I would love to see, and people say, will Stanton and Judge combine for 100 homers? No, of course not. They won't even come close. I would love to see this be a one-and-done, one-game-and-done team. But I'm saying this as a 
with a baseball point of view. I think it's painfully obvious what the Yankees have to do in the wildcard game. They, you know, they're talking, who, who do you start? Who do you start? I'm not the biggest Brian Cashman fan in the world, but I have to, I have to point to the fact that he's putting together a team with a lot of young players under control and they're, they're going to, they got to within one win of the World Series last year. They're going to 100 games this year. Obviously, by all normal metrics, he's, the team is doing quite well, and, and i got to give him credit. And one of the things I'll give him a tremendous amount of credit for is the fact that at the trade deadline, he brought in Jay Happ and Lance Lynn. And both of those pitchers have been a success. Those are two successful acquisitions, Happ and uh, Lance Lynn. And uh, the, you know, what they were supposed to do was give the Yankees starting rotation some depth. And now they are their best pitchers. By the way, I just want to point out that they're starting like Luis Sessa. They brought up one kid from the minor leagues to throw one game. This is how far down the cesspool, not the cesspool, but the cesspool, that Sonny Gray has fallen in the eyes of the Yankees. That even as thin as their rotation is, and with Sabathia on the disabled list, they're still not putting Sonny Gray back in the rotation. And he's still not even being brought up as a potential. But the acquisitions of Hap and Lynn, have, those have been a success so far. And keeping in mind what I said earlier, what the Yankees have to do is this. You know, no matter who they play in the wildcard game, if they play Oakland, if they play Houston, or if by, you know, if one of those teams collapse and it's Seattle, this the Yankees' strategy in the wildcard game is simple. Make sure Hap and Lynn are rested. That's what they have to do. And Lynn has pitched out of the bullpen before. Both Hap and Lynn have World Series rings. Hap with the Philadelphia Phillies, Lynn with the St. Louis Cardinals. Both have had you know, been all-stars and have had some success, and they pitched well. And you give, I would start Hap and keep him on a short leash and then bring in Lynn. And what you're going to ask for from Hap and Lynn is to combine for six innings. If one goes two and a third and the other goes three and two thirds, you understand how to add the six, right? You understand that it's, one more than five, but it's actually one fewer than seven. You understand six, the concept? I think if they say to those two guys, get a six. Now, they start Hap, and he's brilliant, and he's throwing six shutout innings. Boom! Lance Lynn, watch for the bullpen. We need your help if it gets into extra innings. But you give us six, and then after six... You have Britton, you have Robertson, you have Batansis, you have Chapman. And that's what you have to you have to you have to reverse engineer it. You know, there are some people who are saying this should be like a bullpen game. I said no. It's just have your two acquisitions take care of the first two thirds of the game and have your brilliant bullpen be there for the back end. Now if it goes to extra innings, you're screwed. Then you hand the ball the season to Sonny Gray. Sonny, get us there. Jonathan Holder, get us there. You know, but that's what they have to do.
And if you started the season with all the expectations and through the roof and the way that Severino began the season where he was a front runner, why he was a top five Cy Young candidate with the knowledge that if he pitched great in the second half of the season, that he would be a Cy Young contender. If I told you that the Yankees season is going to rest on the arms of Jay Happ and Lance Lynn, but that's what has to happen. You have to reverse engineer this. The strength is the back end. And the front end, if you're going to hand it, what, are you going to hand it to an injured, fat Sabathia? You're going to hand it to a Tanaka who is up and down. You really don't know what the hell you're going to get. You're going to hand it to Severino who stinks. Or you're going to hand it to two postseason season pitchers. That wasn't a mistake. Postseason seasoned pitchers. And say, get a six. That's the key. The Yankees can win the World Series this year. They can't. Of all the doom and gloom... There is a possibility the Yankees could win 100 games and capture their 28th world championship. That's on the table. If they win that playoff game, they suddenly get rejuvenated. And let's say they get one decent performance out of Severino and a good from Tanaka, they could win the division series and then face either Oakland, Houston, or Cleveland in the ALCS. Yeah, it's possible. This could be a glorious year for the Yankees. I don't want it to be. I want it to be a one-and-done, totally forgotten season like 2015 for the Yankees. But it's possible. But it's going to take some juggling. And it's going to take a little creativity. And it's going to take two pitchers who weren't even on the team at the All-Star break to hand the ball over to them and say, all right, Yankee legend Jay Happ, Bronx bomber, Lance Lynn, the season's in your arm. So watch the Astros and watch the A's game this weekend if you love baseball because it's probably going to be a great series. I'm going to be watching with the great Dr. Dolph Pfefferbaum over pizzas today. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, everywhere. If you want to be old school, send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kuliski. Telling the Yankees how to win and actually being serious about it. This has been Sully Baseball for the 18th day of August, 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.